Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's a J-M-I-E, your 842nd favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And on today's episode, I am going to be discussing and reviewing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them to the Crimes of Grindelwald. And I realize we've all been mispronouncing his name, as in the name is in the movie they constantly call him Grindelwald. So, uh, take that as you may. Uh, Another movie in the Harry Potter world set in the 20s in England and France and New York as we see Newt Scamander trying to take down Grindelwald as he is trying to unite the pureblood wizards and witches of the world to basically take over the the entire planet and take over the muggles as he has seen world war ii is coming and he's seen into the future this movie overall is you know what you're getting going in it's not a terrible movie uh this was not as good as fantastic beasts i I really it, it just wasn't but it's not a bad movie and it's enjoyable if you like the harry potter world if you're a potter fanatic which i am i love the harry potter films and just that world it's set in Getting into the the creatures, which is probably the biggest thing for this, uh, the 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 beast that they make that they have in this movie, the new ones that they show are all amazing to see, and it's just so interesting to see the dynamic of these these creatures from a world that we really know nothing about, and and just to, to see them come, uh, probably the the cat dragon. That was in the trailer is probably the the best one you'll see, and and I love that aspect of these movies, especially is getting to see the the different creatures in the world of wizards and witches and the magical world that Harry Potter films kind of alluded to a little bit when you were seeing you know just, just these different creatures throughout the the entire film series, and you get to see this now the the story itself is it's okay um watching what Grindelwald is and then how he's going to try to take over his his what's the word I'm looking for his reasoning he, he has a better reason reasoning than than Voldemort is and he's kind of a sympathetic character and the fact that he's not seem like he's doing this out of ill will he seemed like he's doing this because he sees He's seen what World War II is going to happen. He, he sees it. He sees the nuclear bomb or the atom bomb being dropped. And he's basically saying that we have to do this before they eliminate us all and kill us with war. So basically, he's trying to save his people. And he's not doing it in any ill will. And to see him kind of try to manipulate the situation is is a fun. Johnny Depp does a great great job in this movie i know a lot of people were upset with the casting of johnny depp as grindelwald um because johnny depp tends to kind of overreact especially on roles like this but in this he's actually very subdued he plays this role very close to the chest and he plays it like like it should be played he's not overacting he's not overreaching or extending he's playing this 
as a as a guy who truly thinks that he's in the right here and he's trying to save the world that he lives in. Uh, you have Jude Law playing a young Albus Dumbledore, which all I'm seeing is Jude Law playing Jude Law. For some reason, he, he's playing Dumbledore as in the second iteration of Dumbledore, not the one from the first two films, the one that was in the majority of the Harry Potter films. And while he does an okay job, it's just, it's Jude Law. And I don't see how this character turns into Albus Dumbledore in Harry Potter. I, I just, I really don't. And it's weird to see the character of Albus Dumbledore play, wearing these well-tailored suits and being a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher when they've only ever talked about him being the Transfiguration teacher in Hogwarts. But, you know, it's just little nitpicky things like that. But Jude Law is, he's got that swagger of Jude Law. He, he's got that coolness to him as he tries to get Newt Scamander to help in the fight against Grindelwald and trying to find Credence um, as we go on a journey of Credence trying to find out his origins and who he actually is, where his powers come from, and just try to figure out his place in the world. We see that Dumbledore, it says it in the trailers, that Dumbledore can't, won't fight Grindelwald and he can't. And they actually explain that, so spoiler alerts are coming uh, in 3, 2, 1. It seems to be that there is a blood pact, blood pact that they have put together to never fight each other. Um, you keep seeing a little charm that Grindelwald wears, and that ends up being the blood pact that they have given to each other to never fight each other. And while they said that at one point they told Albus Dumbledore, him and Grindelwald, they said you were close as brothers, and he said closer than brothers. Uh, straight up, this is going to be that Grindelwald and him are lovers. They're, they're, they're gay, and they're in love, and that's the reason that they made this pad is because they love each other. We all know it's coming. We, 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 we see that they're going to be bumping uglies, and I, I just, I'll tell it straight up. I don't think at, the, at this juncture... Looking at the two, um, Jude Law is out of Johnny Depp's league. I'm, I'm sorry, Johnny Depp has got his weird little eye and the, the haircut and the mustache that doesn't seem to keep the same shape throughout the movie. It just, to me, seems like that they would really have to be in love. But that's that's exactly where this is headed. We know this is where it's headed. It was a big thing going in that Dumbledore, J.K. Rollins actually came out and said, yes, Dumbledore was gay. So I really don't care about that. It doesn't change the story. It doesn't change the character for me. It's just it's sexuality and it's not an issue but that's where they're going with this. They're, they've kind of alluded to it in a little bit of flashback scenes and stuff between the two, but they never come right out and say it. I think that honestly will come out in the third one, which there is going to be a third one. This one sets it up. And this one kind of takes a approach to where when it gets starts getting really good, the movie kind of just ends as it did with uh, Deathly Hollows Part 1 or as it did in the Star Wars prequels. Yes, 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 I know. Why are you talking about the god-awful Star Wars prequels when you're talking about anything to do with the Harry Potter franchise? What I'm saying is, is that when they did the second prequel, it, Attack of the Clones, it just ended as a, it, ended, it was just filler until the third one. And that's kind of what this movie was. As again, it's not a bad movie. You see a lot of cool visual effects. You meet a lot of new characters. Uh, and it's got a bunch of different subplots and sub-stories in it. As you see uh, Queenie trying to marry the man she loves and going through that whole aspect of him being a muggle and her being 
a witch and at that point it's not it, it's frowned upon and it can't happen and she really wants that and Grindelwald trying to bring her in as a follower of him simply to get her he's saying that you know he just feels a world where he doesn't want to end muggles but he wants anybody to love anybody they can and to not be judged and I think that again that's his portrayal of him saying he doesn't want to be judged for who he loves um, we get the story of Newt's commander as he goes on trying to trying to find his his love interest Tina and the aspect of of her basically running from him because she's seen a report that his brother, who is an aura and working for the Ministry of Magic, is getting married to a longtime friend of his, Lita Lestrange, which I'm guessing is the somehow related to Bellatrix Lestrange and the Black family. There, you see a lot of you hear a lot of name drops between Lestrange and Diggory and all in in different aspects to where they're trying to integrate and as they get closer to where Harry Potter picks up they're trying to integrate those names in and some people are upset about it some people don't like it I honestly don't mind that I think it because it's such a the wizarding world is what we know from Harry Potter you you kind of sprinkle those in because it would kind of make sense for those names to be heard as you get closer to when Harry Potter came and Voldemort and all that but back uh, that we meet Lita Lestrange and she is a high school friend of Newt Scamander, and she has a she she's in love with Newt. That that's that's what is portrayed as Newt likes loves her as a friend. They they've met in school. She was she was picked on in school and, and talked about because of her family. And Newt was the outcast too. So they they developed a friendship. And Newt ends up trying to woo Tina and because Tina was the girl remember from the original from the first one that he has a thing for and a misprint in an article read that Newt and Lita were getting married and they were engaged when actually Lita is engaged to his brother and as Tina sees this that's when she goes to try to find credence and just you know to leave Newt so we see this weird love triangle of Newt trying to win Tina back not really knowing how to say how he feels because he's never had to and he's socially awkward and an introvert you have Lita who's engaged to his brother who clearly has feelings for Newt the entire time and it's it's a it's a nice little love dynamic that the entire the entire cast right there has as you see Newt's brother try to bring him into the ministry as an aura to go after Credence as they're trying to kill Credence because he is just dangerous and you know unpredictable and he's way too powerful and doesn't know what he's doing we see the plot of credence trying to figure out who he is as he goes on this journey of trying to find his mother he finds his caretaker in france and he's as working for at a circus he meets a young girl who's transforming into a snake and over and over she becomes a snake when she goes to sleep she becomes a snake and she can't transform out of it and it's implied it's Nagini it's Voldemort's snake that's who this is going to be who it is and this snake must be really freaking old for this to happen but you see the fact that she's in love with Credence and Credence loves her but Credence is just 
He's so determined to try to find his place in the world. He's, he feels like such an outcast. He's been treated poorly his whole life. And he's just trying to find where he fits into the entire wizarding world. And as Grindelwald is trying to woo him to his side to have him fight Dumbledore because, again, with the blood pack, they cannot actually fight each other. We go on the verge of him finding out to finding his nanny, who is killed by a ministry aura, who is a double agent for Grindelwald. We find we are led to believe that he is a Lestrange, and he is actually Lita's brother, when he uh, named Corvus Lestrange, which we find out that Lita actually, when Corvus was born, he wouldn't stop crying. The father sent them away. Uh, as they were on a boat on their way to America, Lita took the baby and exchanged it with another baby. And as the boat started to go down, that child actually died. So Corvus is no longer living. So that's not who Credence is. Come to find out at the very end when Grindelwald hands Credence his first wand, we hear who Credence is actually related to. And it, it, while it, the, the story of who he was brought me in because this whole time they're teasing this and that. And I've caught myself trying to find out who he is, trying to, trying to guess it, trying to figure it out, you know. I didn't, I never once even thought about the way they went, and it is, spoiler alert again, three, two, one, Credence is actually a Dumbledore, he's actually Dumbledore's brother, and they don't tell why he was given up, they don't tell why, I guess Dumbledore doesn't know he has a brother or has that brother, um, it's weird. I don't remember if Dumbledore having a younger brother in the Harry Potter books. Maybe they never talked about it. Maybe it was a part of it. I just don't remember. But I know he had Albaforth and he had a sister, which was Anita, I believe. And I don't remember a younger brother like that. But, you know, push comes to shove. That's the route they decided to go. It's interesting to see how they're going to try to play that off as Dumbledore having a, another brother and having the brother be the the quote-unquote villain trying to kill him. It's it's going to be strange to see if that's actually who it is. Uh, the way we get the way we get told that he's his brother by Grindelwald is Credence has a, a baby bird that he's been kind of protecting this entire time, and this bird has, you know, this little baby bird, he's seen him a couple times with it throughout the film, and at the end, Grindelwald tells him, that uh, your family, it's said that a phoenix will rise to help any member of your family whenever they're in need. Dumbledore tells the story earlier of his grandpa having a phoenix that died and no one has seen it. And he says that same thing, that a phoenix will come to a Dumbledore's aid whenever it is needed. And then as soon as Grindelwald picks up the bird, and basically throws it, you see it blow up, and it's the phoenix. So that's how we get proven it's a Dumble, he's a Dumbledore. Again, it could be some kind of magical trick that Grindelwald plays. Maybe he's actually not a Dumbledore. He's just actually trying to get him to, you know, maybe the whole thing is to make him think that, that he was abandoned, that he was not given that, that, that right of birth, and that he's going to have him try to kill Dumbledore because of that. All I'm saying is there must be a very bad love spat between the two because these two are just trying to kill each other through any way, shape, and form possible. 
Uh, we see the, the, the ending, or towards the ending, when we see the gathering of all the wizards in the world around Grindelwald in a cemetery. It's basically like Roman Coliseum style. He's in the middle, and his great um, warriors can you dig it pose as he's out there, and he's in the center, and he's talking to everybody. He's basically trying to rally the troops, and he all of a sudden lights the entire place on fire and there's ores there and he tells them they're there and he basically says you know if you're with me step through the fire and you see people that are with him but not 100 percent i don't they don't i don't think they truly believe in what he's doing wholeheartedly try to step through they're burned up and you see him trying to bait lita lestrange in he's trying to get her to join him and you know give her the second chance at redeeming her name and herself and as she comes through she attacks him and as the fire is about to consume her she looks up and you see newt and his brother standing there and she says i love you and it's one of the things to where she says it and you know her his brother newt's brother automatically thinks that he he thinks it's him she's talking to but we, as the audience, we all know that she's talking to Newt. Because, again, she she I, she loved Newt. You see that throughout the actual movie, every time they're together. The gleam in her eye, the way she's talked to him, she, she truly does love Newt's commander. And he's just oblivious and, I guess, looks at her as just a really good friend as he has his eyes set on another himself. And watching her die, it was actually, it was actually kind of heartwarming and it kind of, it kind of hurt because you get invested in some of these characters and while a lot of the time there's a lot going on in this movie with different subplots the and it's kind of it's kind of sporadic at times it, it ends up drawing you in like I was drawn into the movie and I enjoyed the movie really well and I really did like it because again the, the the creatures you have the the aspects of getting to know these characters all over again that were in the previous ones, getting to know new characters, getting to know the backstory, and again, just being able to be brought into the wizarding world of Harry Potter for any amount of time is just awesome. If if you've seen any of the Harry Potter movies, if you're a fan of the Harry Potter movies, then you know that the wizarding world is just, there's so much to expand upon, and that's what this series is really doing. It's showing you the wizarding world of Paris, it's showing you the wizarding world of the U.S., and we're seeing places that we never got to see before, and we're getting to, actually, we, we get to go back to Hogwarts, we get to see Hogwarts again, we get to see the robes, we get to see Professor McGonagall being a young teacher, which makes no sense considering she was supposed to be born in 1932 or 35, and it's 1927, and she looks like she's 20-something years old, but, you know, that's a little nitpicky things. It's it's cool just to hear those names and just to see the the old meet the new as, you know, as we see Hogwarts, but we see it before we're seeing Severus Snape, before Harry Potter's even thought of, before, you know, Lily Potter or James Potter, his family, before any of that, we get to see it again. And it's just that familiarness. And, and I was like, wow, it's so amazing to see again. And that's what this movie does. It brings you to that world and it expands upon that world. And that's what I really love about the, the film franchise that we're at. Besides just seeing the different the different creatures you're getting to just expand upon. Just wizarding worlds and other countries and other states. And just see how everything is, how relationships between muggles and 
and humans are in different ones and you're getting to see different ministries of magic and it's just it's really fun to see uh if you're a harry potter fan go see the movie i mean you'll you'll enjoy it you're not going to leave disappointed it's not the best in the series i i will say that you know without any hesitation it's not the best in the series however you're not going to be disappointed as long as, as long as like i said as long as you you like the wizarding world you're you're going to be you're going to enjoy this movie and you're going to like this movie now again i'm easily swayed i'm easily entertained i, I know that i know you guys know that because but this this was a fun movie and it it drew me in uh at times and i i think it'll do the same for you so my recommendation is definitely go give it a see go go support it because you know, it's going to lead to other things, and I'm interested to see where they go in the third one. I'm interested to see how the final battle sequences stand out, how they, how the Dumbledore character and the Grindelwald character evolve, and how they actually interact when they actually are on screen. Because we never see Johnny Depp and Jude Law on screen together. The closest we get is when he's looking into the mirror, and he's seeing what he wants, you know, what, what he wants most, or what he desires most, and we see Grindelwald in the mirror right there showing that he thinks about him and he misses his his quote-unquote friend and just that's the closest we get to them being on screen together and to be able to see their interactions in the next one and to see where they go with Credence and him being a Dumbledore now and just to see how Newt handles everything that's going on because he's a focal point of all of this and I think that's going to be I think it's going to be very interesting so uh just to wrap it up, go see Fantastic Beast 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and enjoy it, and get lost in the world of magic, and muggles, and Grindelows, and everything else, because it's, it's just a fun time to be alive, and it's, you know, no pun intended, it's, it's magical just to see. So that's going to be it for the Nerdpool podcast. Thank you all again for listening. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nerdpool Pod. Follow me on Instagram at Nerdpool Podcast. Follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. Uh, big things are coming. Big things are coming. Uh, hopefully, I've got things in the work right now. Down the pipeline, we'll discuss a little bit more. You guys are amazing. So for all the chimichangas and tacos out there, that's Nerdpool for this week. See ya. See ya.